Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Man in Motion podcast. This is episode three and today I am once again with Rashid and we're going to do something pretty fun. Rashid, do you want to tell the people what we're going to be doing? Hello, hello. Um, yeah, um, I've been looking forward to this one. one. <laughs> same. <laughs> Basically going to be doing a ranking of Denis Villeneuve's um, work over the past few decades and all his movies so i'm looking forward to, to see um where your ranking is like how you rank his films and yeah i don't know it, it might be similar i have a feeling it's going to be quite similar so I, let's see how i it think goes. i think it will be but in saying that we're only doing a top five and the reason for that is that uh i, I don't think either of us have seen all of his films particularly some of the earlier ones. Uh, so I, I haven't seen Incendies. I think you haven't seen Enemy. Is that is that right? Yes, I haven't seen Enemy, but I have right. seen um, Incendies. Yep. Right, okay. So we've, we've each seen one of those. So look, I don't know if Incendies is going to make your top five. We'll see. Um, but that's Maybe kind that's of why we're just doing a top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to keep yeah, the... Let's, uh, let's see how it goes. Yeah. We'll keep the suspense up, right? So, um, how I thought we might do this is we'll start at five, uh, we'll each give our five and then what we'll do is, um, if we both give the same film, then we'll talk about that film. If we don't give the same film, then we wait until that film has been mentioned twice. Basically it's appeared on both of our lists. How does that sound? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we can do it that way. Yep. Alrighty, so do you want to kick it off with number five, the, the your number five, your fifth ranked Denny Villeneuve film? Go. Far out, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. we, yeah, uh, well, we we prepare we prepare for this, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we just, definitely prepare. Just letting we, the listeners know, Muhammad um, I mean, like, message me like in advance, like, oh, you know, keep. A list ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Otherwise, um, other, yeah, we're definitely not making this up on the spot. That's for sure. Yeah, we're, we're not doing that. Unless <laughs> I don't know. Are you? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. All right. No. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to start from the bottom. Um, yeah. I'm just going to work my way up. Yeah. Um. So for number five, I'm going to. It's a bit hard to put this at the bottom of the list, but I'm going to have to put Sicario at the bottom. Ooh. Um, I love. I love Sicario. Um. Even though it's number five. It yeah. is one of wait, the wait, wait, best. Wait, 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 wait! Don't yeah. don't talk about it yet. Don't talk about it yet, because um, we'll talk about it when we both mention it, right? Okay. So okay. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and this is going to be very anticlimactic because my number five <laughs> is also Sakari. <laughs> so now you can talk about it. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was wondering why you were like, oh, wait, 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 hold on. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah, Sakari. Um, <laughs> it, it's very different from what. Denny Villeneuve's done like yeah. it's the most grounded of his work yeah um, aside from Incendies it's really grounded and it tells a story about the cartel and the um, the drug operations in uh, Mexico and yep. it's yeah it's a really interesting film I love the the characters in the movie and I love how there's no clear good guy bad guy situation it's all very yep or gray and yeah. um yeah i'm curious to know your thoughts on the movie yeah what do you think about it? it 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 well it first of all i'd like to say it seems criminal to put it at number five because it is such a good <laughs> movie 
Uh, it's such a good movie, and for it to be like basically last on the list, like it feels really bad. But look, he's just made so many other good films, and we'll get to them. But Sicario, I love Sicario, and like you said, like the ambiguity, but and the the, the um, yeah, the, the ambiguous morals, I guess you could call it, of exactly. of each character. Yeah. Uh, particularly, uh, you know, Benicio Tol- uh, del Toro's character and Josh Brolin's character. Uh, I love that, them. <laughs> they're just, just a, they're fantastic, aren't they? I I need to see Benicio del Toro in an in another well, it's film. It's quite film. unfortunate how the um, the sequel didn't measure up to the original, and well, I feel <laughs> that's probably because the the director wasn't. Um, Denis, it, w- it was someone else. Um, who who, who did? Who, yeah, who did the second Sicario? Uh, let sure. me see. I'm checking it now. A guy called Stefano Salima. Uh, never heard I've of him. I've never heard of him done. before. <laughs> let me see now. We're doing some research on the run here, guys. Okay, he's <laughs> he's done a bunch like of movies. Time. Yeah, yeah, he's done a bunch of movies that I've never ever heard of before in my life. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a bit of a I, I shame. I don't believe I've heard of his work um, other than the sequel to Sicario. But yeah. yeah. Um, See, uh, so I, I, I never watched... Yeah. I never you watched the sequel. It? No, I didn't. I would suggest not seeing it. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it's not that it's terrible, but it's it's just very different from the vibe of the first movie. It's R- right. it, it almost doesn't seem like it's from the same world. Right. Okay. Is yeah. it? Uh, I'm just gonna make an assumption here. Is it like a lot more actiony or something like that? Oh, definitely. It's a uh, lot okay. more. It, it's a lot more safer. and doesn't uh, take the risks that we saw in the first movie. So right. it is quite boring in that regard. But yeah. 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 Well, see, here's the thing. Now, right? We've both put Sicario at number five. Yeah. I'm a little bit scared that we're gonna agree all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's I'll see, go. Let's I'll, see. I'll go first on number four. Okay, so this, you go. You this go is number ahead. four. Yep. So for number four, I've put prisoners. Oh, interesting. Okay. What's your number four? My number four. Um, I, I think you're going to crucify me for this, but my number Uh-oh. four is Arrival. <laughs> <gasps> oh. <laughs> number four is Arrival, and um, yeah, you'll find out oh, why it's number four no. as I go up. Oh but, yeah. No. It oh, is. It, it's really hard and unfortunate that it's um, at the bottom. It is. With well, you know what? <laughs> I, well, I I shouldn't have said that. I'm scared we weren't gonna we were gonna agree the whole way because straight away you, you jinxed it. <laughs> I know. What have you done to me? Alrighty. So we'll leave both of those films and uh, yep. once once they're both mentioned, we'll come back to them. So uh, so uh, so far we've both had Sicario at number five. I've had yep. prisoners at number four, and you've had arrival at number four. Arrival. Oh god, that's correct. Okay, so for number three, number do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? Yeah. All right, I'll go first. Sorry, number three, it's gonna be Dune. <laughs> oh wow! And yeah, um, I know that's gonna be very surprising, but um, as much as I love Dune, it is third because of how good the first and second movies are and so i feel like you might know which ones those are yeah yeah well there's not many left are there <laughs> yeah, so do you want to know my number three go go ahead go ahead let's my see. number um, three I, I, can i guess I, I you can like guess it's gonna be yeah. i feel like it's gonna be blade runner isn't it look 
I was playing around with my list before this, and yep. I was swapping two films back and forth, back and forth, and in the end, number three ended up being Dune as well. Really? Yeah. So again, like as much as I loved it, I'm actually more surprised by you putting it at number three. I thought that it was gonna jump up to <laughs> number one or something, man. I was, I'm shocked. So All right, I'm gonna explain. Um, why in just a bit but um i, I want to hear your thoughts on dune first because i feel like if if i start talking about dune we're going to be here for for ages <laughs> no, no, <laughs> so but I, you go ahead right okay <laughs> well we kind of i kind of already talked a little bit about it on the previous podcast with barai but uh, okay yeah for me it was like the best thing about it in terms of at least uh craft wise craft wise the world building was out of this world uh, pardon the pun but uh it was just amazing the detail that they put into it how real it all felt um it was just it was just unbelievable such a good movie i was i'm ready to be lost in it for like another six films like bring it on i, I don't know how how much of the uh of the like um the base material how many books there are or whatever but uh, make as many films of this as you can and keep Villeneuve in charge as well please because I'm I'm ready to keep going for as long as I can <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah I I felt the same way um obviously being a huge fan of Dune um yeah I've read the books like what nearly what 18 years ago and um how many times first... have you read the books oh the the books I haven't like surprisingly, I haven't read them a lot. Like I've read the first book, just twice, and then okay. the the following ones probably once. Right. Um, okay. But oh, that's very sensible. Fact, yeah, but because <laughs> there are there are twelve um twelve main mainline um stories, but right. the the ones that really matter, like the ones that focus on the overarching um story, it's a six yep. of them. Oh, so, okay. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the first book that they um, adapted, um, I was really impressed with how accurate they did it, um, especially with you know um, adapting um, like the previous adaptations. They would take in the entire story and then cram it up into a two-hour f- movie, and yeah. by doing that, they cut cut out so much. A yep. lot of the content content and the characterization of um, the different houses, especially um, uh, House Atreides and the Duke, yeah, it was really um, cut down and bare minimum. Like you, you don't get a lot of the the quiet moments with between Leto and um, Lady Lady Jessica, and yep. and this, um, I noticed that Villeneuve has found a way to bring a balance for those quieter moments and yep. also bring in. You know the grand um, action sequences and the the huge scope and whatnot, and that was really cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, like the most impressive thing for me, like reiterating what I just said, was the like how um, he was able to split the book and make it into two parts with no guarantee of the sequel being made. And right. th- that's a huge risk that I commend him for because yeah. um, a, a lot of filmmakers. They wouldn't take that risk. <laughs> they no. try to put everything into one package and it's send it off. Hundred percent. And yep. um, yeah, like yeah, that's my main takeaway from it. Yeah, it's a very brave move, and I I think 
I like to compare some of these new age directors with each other in terms of uh, not only their films, but their career paths almost. And I think three that I like to compare, I like to compare Nolan and uh, Tarantino and Villeneuve. And the way they... They're similar, aren't they? They are very similar in their kind of their career trajectory, right? But what's interesting I found is that... um, Tarantino is probably the most different of the three in terms of he he never kind of did a big franchise film. He never took uh, material that was already there, like Nolan took The Dark Knight or like Villeneuve took Blade Runner and uh, exactly. now Dune. Yeah. So what's interesting I found with Villeneuve is that um, it took like a good six, seven films before he was kind of trusted with something like this this is a huge budget film and who knows if it's going to if it was going to make money like it, it um you know the the original literature was pretty polarizing from what i know like i tried to read the books they're pretty hard to read in terms of they're it pretty it is quite hard <laughs> they're very it's, dense it's particularly not an easy that story first to book dive into. yeah yeah, yeah, that first book particularly is really dense with a lot of lore and that kind of stuff, right? So um, it, it's a risky thing to actually make. Um, and it took a bit longer, I think, for him to uh, you know, be trusted to make something like that because his films, I think if you compare it to someone like Nolan, his films didn't really... M- like. Uh, well, at least they definitely didn't make as much money as Nolan's film as Nolan's films were making. Uh, Nolan had a, Nolan had only made like made like three films, but he'd already been trusted with some pretty big budgets, and exactly. yeah. with some pretty big actors as well. So he made Memento, which was pretty very very small. I think they made Memento for like five million like 10, bucks. Ten? Wait, was, was yeah. it five million? Something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is true. I heard like ten thousand or something. I don't know if that's fake. Or... No, no. I think that was following. So people oh, don't they, know. They, if, they, yeah, yeah, that was following. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. So following was a film that he made in the nineties. Yeah. So Memento, Memento, and then he made um, what was it called? Um, yeah. Sorry. So Memento was made for nine million dollars. Um, and then he made the film with Al Pacino and Robin Williams. What was it called again? Um, oh, I can't remember now. Anyway, he made a film with Al Pacino and Robin Williams, and it's probably his worst film, to be honest. <laughs> but um, Insomnia, that's what it's called. Sorry, I'm forgetting. But uh, it was probably his worst film, but it showed that he could work with these big stars and, and, and kind of make a successful movie. Um and then after that, he was given Batman. So it, it was a really, really quick progression for, for Nolan, whereas for Villeneuve, it's taken a while. I think particularly uh, Blade Runner probably slowed him down because it did so terribly at the box office, even though critically it was really loved. So, yeah, it's been an interesting progression, and I'm just really, really glad that um, He's basically being given full creative control and he's able to make a two and a half hour film out of half a book um, and to make it as slow as he did and leave it as open-ended as he did without any guarantee, as you say, of a sequel. So um, kudos to him. It's it's really brave and he made such a great film. So fantastic yeah, job. Yeah, like um, 
Yeah, going off what you said, like, you know, I, I was really worried after the whole Blade Runner 2049, um, what do you call it, box office um, results. Like, yeah. seeing it make below 100 million was really um, scary. Because um, I think that was the time when it was announced that he was going to adapt Dune. And I was like, oh, wait, how is he going to get the money for uh, required for Dune if yeah clearly Blade Runner didn't live up to the studio's expectations? And I was like, oh, is, he, is the studio going to trust him with a lot of money again and you yeah. know, bet on another risk? And I'm yeah. glad they did because uh, if, uh, if they didn't, it, this movie wouldn't have been as good with that budget. No way, yeah. The thing, like, imagine if Nolan had have made this movie. My God, it would have been bad. It would have been really bad. I think this doesn't suit Nolan's um, style. Like, yeah, not at all. Nolan can do something with it, but it just wouldn't fit tune. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of Nolan's films are very, like, you know, um complex and it always invo- involves time i don't know if you yeah this, like, there's always a timey-wimey time. thing isn't there some loop yeah. or whatever else yeah so if he had done something with dunkirk i feel like uh, sorry not dunkirk um dune it dune <laughs> from it. <laughs> yeah but um yeah de- yeah, yeah i agree it definitely would have suffered there's something else i wanted to say about gene um with the uh, i was really impressed with how they they didn't shy away from the arabic and islamic terminology like they actually yep. kept it in and yeah um, like the, like the terms of shy halut and um you know the kob jabbar and um the uh, mahdi and stuff like that you yeah. know I, I was like oh you know what i know those words i actually read those in the books and then yeah put that in. because and, the um, the uh the books are very islamically inspired right it is it like frank herbert when he when he prior to writing the books he was very fascinated with um with Arabs and Islam, Islam and right. um, the whole culture uh, around it, and um, right. he actually went, I think, to one of the one Arab country. I can't remember which one, and he actually did a lot of research. And then when he came back and was thinking of making a grand sci-fi um, story, he was like, "Oh, wouldn't it be perfect to implement Arabian terminology and um, yeah. cultural references into the story?" And um, that's what he did. And in the end, you can see that um, his influence, like in Dune, has been transferred into many other franchises over the past fifty years, like Star Wars. And um, there's another franchise I keep remembering. I keep forgetting. Uh, Yeah, but mainly Star Wars. Like if you see, um, A New Hope, a lot of it is taken from Dune. Like Paul Atreides has a lot of similarities with Luke Skywalker. And he does indeed, Ar- doesn't he? <laughs> exactly. And if you think about it, Paul Paul Atreides is on Arrakis, and then Luke Skywalker is on um, Tatooine, and they're yeah. both desert planets. And yeah. f- f- uh, funnily enough, I-, I don't know if you know um, a lot of um, the creatures on Tatooine, but there's a creature on Tatooine called the Crate Dragon. It's very similar to um, the sandworms in Dune. Is that the thing that they? Um was that thing in the Mandalorian? Yes, th- that um, thing that had the bomb. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Yeah. So there, that's, that's right. Yeah. It is all taken from Dune, isn't it? Wow. And, um, believe it or not, that's not the first time we've seen a crate dragon in Star Wars. Um, in in a, a New Hope, um, when C three PO and R two D two 
come out of the um, escape pod on yep. um, Tatooine, when they're yep. walking in the desert, in the background, you can actually see the skeleton of a crate dragon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Get, yeah. It's actually yeah. there, but... Anyway, I'm I'm getting distracted, but um, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That, that's that's why yeah. we're talking about Dune again because on uh, on the podcast with Barai that I did, um, yep. we talked about a lot more of the thematic areas oh, okay, of Dune. Yeah. Whereas I think this is good. We're doing a bit of the nerd talk uh, yeah, the nerd and the talk. technical <laughs> stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm, Sorry. I'm for that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, you're our resident Dune, Dune expert. A lot of the media over the past 50, 60 years. And yeah. um, we've seen that come full circle now because even the 2021 adaption, the one just uh, that we just saw, even yep. this movie has taken influences from other mediums um, that have yep. come after the book released. Yeah. And it's all for the better. and um, 100%. Yeah. Like, it's just, uh, there's so much I want to talk about, but I don't think we'll have time to talk about all of it. That's okay. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll probably we'll probably be coming back to Dune for years to come. Like this oh, is, it's there's a lot here. There's a lot Can here I just to say dive one into. Last thing? Oh. Sure. <laughs> so you know how you were like, um, oh, you know, the, the first book was a bit hard to get into, and but you really are looking forward to seeing the story evolve into four, five, six films with Dune yep. involved. Yeah. Um, I'm just warning you. It's gonna get really weird. <laughs> oh, okay, right. So maybe. Like, so are you saying we only want to see like another two or th- like another one or two like, films? Is that what we're saying? No, like um, Denny can definitely adapt the second part of the first book and probably yeah, of course. Probably, um, Children of Dune, which is the second book. I feel like he can do that as well. But then yeah. anything beyond that, that's gonna be very hard to adapt. <laughs> right. Because um, that's that's yeah. they're the films that David Lynch should have done. Not not the first... Yes. He, like, when David Lynch did the first exactly. Dune adaptation back whenever it was, yep. he should he should have been doing the later books that matches the craziness that he makes his films with. <laughs> so. I, I don't know how much you've heard of the um, the following books past uh, Paul Paul's story, but, um, yeah, like, do you want to know about it or...? No, uh, look... If we ever get to it, we'll get to it. Otherwise, like, I know it's a bit weird, but uh, that's basically all I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> but not Alrighty. as weird as the black creature thingy in um, this movie. Did you remember that? The, the Which black, black creature, creature with, thing? Um, it was like when when the Benny Jesuit, um, the head witch, when she walks into the Baron's um, quarters, and then yep. there's like this black creature with eight legs, like a spider with human hands eating from a bowl and then she's like I'll oh, get out or something do you remember oh that? yeah oh yeah I do yeah, remember that, 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 that now yeah that's, that's really weird because that was actually, so weird that's not in the books like that's completely new I, I don't you know, know what, what? Do, do you know what uh, we'll get to this later when, when we get to arrival you know what uh, just remind me just remind me that I had something interesting to say about a, a common occurrence that I see in all the film news oh, really? okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later we'll get to it later awesome. alrighty so so far I had at number five Sicario. You had Sicario. At number four, I had Prisoners. You had Arrival, and then at number three, we both had Dune. Okay, perfect. So, number one and two. What's your number two? Number two. Ready for? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am very interested to see. All right. So my number two is Incendies. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> oh my. So. 
Wait, so are you telling me that one of Prisoners and uh, Blade Runner are going to miss out? Um, let's see. Well, that we only have one left, so one of them is going to have to miss out. Oh, my God. Okay, you can talk about incendies because... Uh, uh, okay, so my number two is Blade Runner 2049. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so... You can you can talk about incendies a little bit. I haven't seen it. Try to keep oh, it spoiler free because right. I do um, want to see it. But just give it a brief like little spoiler free review, basically. Okay, let me try and do it in the uh, the best way I could because <laughs> this one's a bit hard to uh, not spoil. But right. Yeah, the, okay. Um. Yeah, it's basically about um these two siblings trying to find out something that happened. In their past, and trying to come to terms with um, how they can move on. Right. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you what it, what what that is, but yep. it's a very very personal story. It's nothing like um, Arrival. It's nothing like Sicario. It's nothing like um, Prisoners. Even though Prisoners is a personal story, this is yep. far more. It's very niche. It's very. Um, it feels like an independent movie. It doesn't feel like something yeah. backed by millions of dollars behind a studio or. Well, I think it was like, an independent yeah. movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and you, you can me... you can definitely feel it because the production is very. Um, they use very limited um, locations in the movie, and. Yep. Um, I don't know if it was shot on location, like because they do go to a bunch of different countries, but I don't know if that right. was a very smart production design or. Well, but it, it was made by it was made for six and a half million dollars, so okay. very very small budget. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, it was a very small budget movie, but it's a very yeah. niche story, and yeah, um, I loved I loved the characters in the movie, um, particularly the. The, the the daughter or the sister, um, the yep. brother was alright, but I feel like he wasn't given a lot of, um, he wasn't given time to shine. But yeah. um, I can't remember the actress's name. Um, I believe she's half Lebanese or right, okay. Palestinian. But yeah, she she was really good in the movie, and yeah, it was very personal. I, I loved I loved the twist at the end. I'm not going to tell you what the twist is, but it's genuinely okay. one of the <laughs> best twists I've seen in a long time. Wow! And, um, just so, uh, just a warning: don't watch it in front of um, kids. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I think I think almost m- most of Villeneuve's films you could put that in front of. <laughs> uh, yes, um, but definitely not this one. I'm I'm just in shock that below Incendies, and I haven't seen it, so I can't make any. Jo- I'm sure it's amazing, but below it. You have Dune, Arrival, and Sicario. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Like, this movie is just so good, man. Like I, I can't right. explain it um, any more than I have without giving anything away. But maybe, um, maybe I just have to watch it tonight or something. Like, <laughs> it, it, believe it or not, it's actually on. It's on YouTube. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, Fantastic. But, but there are no no subtitles, so. Um, oh. Okay. You might have to find it on like. Like pirate it. <laughs> oh right, no, no, um, it's on. No, yeah. how d- how dare you, Rashid? We don't pirate <laughs> films. It, it, it a, might be on Stan. I'm not too sure if it's on Stan. Um, I think it I'm says sure it. it says it's on SBS for free. 
That's what it oh, says okay. on they Google. Probably, uh, probably so, added in quite recently, right? Because when I saw okay. it six months ago, it wasn't there. Okay, interesting. Yep. Um, okay, so my number two was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Now we might have to. Uh, well, I can't talk about it yet because it hasn't been mentioned by you. But we'll see if it's your number one, okay, or if it's missed out completely. So, <laughs> do you like want to do? Missed out. <laughs> oh no! So, what's your number one? Okay, ready? Yeah. Um. So, number one, and and I consider this to be my favorite movie of all time. All right. Right. I, I oh, love wow. this movie to death. I've seen this movie. Wow. Uh, no joke. I've seen this movie fifteen times. <laughs> What? I see it every, every few months, whenever I have the free time, I, I would sit down on my own and watch the whole thing. What? Okay, so, number one, my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Blade Runner 2049. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Anticlimax. Yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to call Prisoners your favorite movie of all time. Nah. <laughs> and then you were going to cop it. So... You do have Blade Runner 2049 as your number yes, one. Yes, I do. My, yeah, it's my, my number yeah. one is Arrival. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, Blade Runner first. Let's talk about yes, Blade Runner let's first. Go. Um, uh, you can, yeah. Since it's your favorite film of all time, you can go first. Okay. So Blade Runner 2049. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Um, I, I love yep. the, the original. Um, and when I say original, I mean the final cut. Because the th- there were cut, a number yeah. of different cuts for of course. the first movie. Not, not, not the one where they drive off into the wilderness <laughs> and everything's do, do fine. Do the, the weird narration they had at the end? with uh... No, well, see, this is the thing, right? I think that I've only seen the final cut. When I oh, first okay. watched it, like, I feel, I think I, yeah. like, accidentally watched the final cut rather than the original uh, cinematic release. Be that glad that was, you did, because the final yeah. cut is a much better experience. Because, do you know what, I was, list- I was watching a video where Ridley Scott was talking about how the studio said, no, you've got to make a happy ending, right, where they drive <laughs> off into the, into the distance. And so what he did was he called up Stanley Kubrick yeah. and... He said, "Oh, what am I going to do? We've already finished shooting. Like that. Like, what am I going to do?" And Stanley Kubrick said, "I've got some footage, some leftover footage from when I made The Shining. And you know how at the start of The Shining, oh they're driving through the mountains towards yes. the hotel, right? Towards hotel, and he's yeah. like, here's, here's some footage. Um, just use oh that. God. And some like, and again, I haven't actually seen that cut of the film." Uh, so that's why when I was watching the video, I was like, what is he talking about driving off into the distance? I never saw any of this. Um, but apparently, yeah, they ju- they kind of just like touched up the car because the car in The Shining was like yellow or something. It was very noticeable. Um, so they like, the bit, the yeah, they just changed that up a bit, but they used Stanley Kubrick's footage. Um, but I that's actually not... didn't know that story. Uh, I've never yeah, heard that story before. It's... I was laughing but my yeah, head off. I was um... like... Yeah, so yeah, the final cut, it was a really good movie. I actually yeah. enjoyed it. It it's amazing. But, I love it. Yeah. Um, so when I so, like leading up to the to the sequel, twenty forty nine, I wasn't expecting much, and I was like, "Oh, is this going to be, you know, um, adhering to the masses and tr- be a more accessible film for right. the general audience? Like, you know, like like what Star Wars has become, like a very safe." playground yeah. for to yeah. make money yeah. 
Um, yep. I was afraid it was going to be something like that, but I, I am so, so glad that wasn't the case. Um, yep. It was a very different experience than what I was expecting. Um, yep. The story was not what I... Like, I wasn't expecting the story to go where it did, um, yep. especially with K. You know, his character arc, it was, it was apparent from the start it was going to go in one direction, and then after, like, the first act is finished goes in yep. a completely different direction and they're like, oh, okay, um, that's what they're going to do with the character. And then in the third act, it, it like goes over itself and does a complete 180 and does a different arc. And you're yeah. like, oh, wait. So that's what they're doing with the character. Like, yeah. the whole time... Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to go into spoilers. It's been what four years. That, no, no, so that's if, okay. If we'll put us. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put a we'll put a spoiler alert at the start of the podcast. Yep. Uh, I probably should have done it, but uh, yeah, we'll put a spoiler I'll alert. Just put a big thumb. Uh, it'll it yeah. yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You, yeah, spo- so, spoil away, spoil away, spoil away. <laughs> so with Kay's character arc, um, they very clearly um make you make the viewers want to seem that um all right, Kay is gonna find out he is. Th- the son of um, Deckard and yep. he's going to yep. go on this long arc of trying to find his father and then reconcile with him and then um, be the saviour for everyone you know and then be the hero and that's it la da yep. <laughs> but then the actual story was very different you find out that very, very out different. He's, he's not human he's a replicant but yep. then he's still more human than the humans <laughs> yeah <laughs> his exactly. whole his whole arc of you know giving up um, his own life to save, n- not necessarily to save, but to reunite Deckard with his daughter. Yeah. Um, even though that's what he yearned for, that's something that he wanted. He he yep. wanted Deckard so badly to be his own father, but then you find out that that wasn't the case, and he's trying to do something to make his life seem um, like meaningful and that really resonates with me and um it also relates back to the original movie where um Roy Betty the bad guy quote unquote in the first yep. film he yep. was seen as the primary antagonist for majority of the film and then in the final 15 20 minutes you come to find that he actually has a heart and he doesn't want to kill Deckard for the sake of killing Deckard and yep. he saves Deckard so that his memory of being human lives on in Deckard, even though he yeah. passes away, you know? Yeah, And yep. th- that relates back to 2049 and Kay's character arc, and that was really yeah. um, amazing. Um, but b- aside from the the narrative and the um, characterization, the production design was just amazing. Uh, it was I beautiful. Think, I think visually, it's... Yep. It's got to be in the top five most beautiful films ever made. Oh yes, like I agree. I'm talking, yep. I'm talking 2001: A Space Odyssey, uh, probably like stuff like maybe Lawrence of Arabia or something like that, and you got Blade Runner 2049 up there. It is just visually absolute masterpiece. Like it's a masterpiece in every other way, but visually it is incredible. The amount Absolutely. of like. The, it is just it's so like it's so stimulating to the eyes and it's just amazing it's like there's no words to describe it if you haven't seen it you have to watch blade runner 2049 
Don't listen to people that say it's a little bit slow or whatever. It's boring, blah, blah, blah. Get <laughs> stuffed, okay? It's amazing. It is one of the best films of the last 20 years, for sure. Easily. It's, um, yeah. yeah. And, and I just want to say, like, I had one of the best experiences when I watched that movie because I got up on a weekday morning and I yep. went to the city. <laughs> so yep. I went to Melbourne Central and then I booked for the first showing in the morning. So it was like a 10 right. a.m. 10 a.m. screening, I think. And I was yep. the only one in the cinema, right? And then I had like a oh, mini, wow. I had like a mini blanket. So I was covered up and then I oh, one of the wow. recliner seats and then I was the only one in the cinema and for two hours and 45 minutes, I had the time of my life. <laughs> oh, wow. That amazing. sounds amazing. I love an empty cinema. There's there's almost nothing better than an empty cinema. And yeah, just there's nothing you. better it's than great. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and watching that film as well. Oh, that sounds amazing. Exactly. Okay. With Hans, so, Hans Zimmer's score as well. Oh, Hans Zimmer's score. Man, Hans Zimmer. I don't know. Well, the our episode that I the episode that I did with Bri hasn't been released yet at the time that we're recording this, but we came up with a term for when a film composer creates an amazing soundtrack, and what is that's it? now from now on, it's going to be called like he Hans Zimmer it. Hans Zimmer is going to become wow. a term that did, we did say Bede because. Come up with that? No, I came up with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it that oh, bad? Oh, no. no, no, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so this is where we're going to maybe disagree a little bit because okay, yeah. I'm a little bit sad that you put Arrival at number four. I've got Arrival at number okay. one. And then we also have to talk about the fact that you left Prisoners out completely. But we'll talk about Arrival I first. I felt really bad about that. Uh, I didn't want to, but... It just, it just um, missed out on Sicario. Like, Sicario just had slight edge. Wow. <laughs> so, I'm amazed. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll start with Arrival. So, okay. tell me why you think Arrival is number four. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, spin this in, in as negative a way as possible so that you can become the <laughs> wow. villain of okay. this uh, podcast. Someone that's yeah. hating on Arrival. It seems so, like our <laughs> friendship is in the... It's hanging in the balance for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, what do you think um, about Arrival? I, I love Arrival. Um, it's yeah, it's not it's something that's um, what do you call easy to watch multiple times. Like rewatching it isn't easy, and really? I feel like oh, I don't know. I feel like it has something to do with the because I feel like he nullified it, Nolan, no, Nolanified it. Oh. That's a new term I'm going to use. Um, Nolanified it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Nolanified it. <laughs> so he used a very similar technique that Nolan uses for his films with the Which is the, the, whole the time loop time, thing. Yeah, but the only yeah. difference with this movie was it was embedded with the actual um, story. It, it wasn't a, um, a technical um, filmmaking choice. It, it was actually yeah, a narrative it, decision. Um, yeah, it wasn't a tool that he used. It was exactly. like embedded in the character. So yeah, it was like it, a character on its own. The, exactly. The, yeah. Exactly. And, um, it, it is a huge benefit to the movie, but it also is a detriment to the story. I feel like um, had Denny made the movie a bit longer, it would have really had um, given the movie a chance to um, bloom a bit more. Um, right. Especially with um, the characters, like, like I, I get that Amy Adams' character is the main 
uh, is the star of the movie, but right. um, Jeremy Renner's character, like, he didn't really get much to do, and he was like the... I don't know, he felt like a a blank piece of wood, <laughs> like, just standing in the background and right. like okay. absorbing everything and then not so doing I have, anything I, important. I have counterpoints to everything you said. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, go, right, go okay. for it. So, first of all, if Nolan had have made this movie... Uh, w- I I just think we we wouldn't have cared at all about anybody oh, in yeah, in the film. I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amy Adams in this film is amazing. Um, she is. She and, was snubbed for this. I feel like she should have. Yeah. Won, um, did she? Academy did she get Award nominated at least? She had to be nominated, right? Did she? I don't know. Ah, uh, look. You know what? Who cares about the Oscars? They're terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um. In terms of the length of the film, yeah, I love that it's like it's it's. I I think it's not even two hours long. I think it's yeah, just it's about like two one, hours long or something. One fifty six, I think. Yeah, yep. it. I, I I love it. I love it so much. It it's. I think it's probably my second or third favorite film of of this century, right? Of the last twenty one really? years, twenty two years. Um, I just it. I've watched yeah, it I, like I, four or five times. Four or and five times. Yeah, oh, and maybe three times, twice or right, twice. Okay. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's right. around that. And um, I just, I love yeah. everything about it. I think it's really, really emotional. Um, in terms of Jeremy Renner's character, I think that him being almost in the background for most of the film is is a really, really deliberate choice because mm, I guess that's you could say that. Yeah. Well, I I feel like that's the path that he takes. At, at the end of the film or the path that uh, we, like we find out that he takes when when uh, and again these are spoilers but at the end of the film when Amy Adams is able to uh, like see ahead in the future and she sees what happens and we find out that when Jerry Marina's character finds out that their daughter is sick and dying that he leaves right mm-hmm. so he takes that background role he, he he's not there anymore and I feel like him being in that role for the whole movie, basically, uh, is a really, really deliberate choice. And so, I do you feel I like just, it would have taken away from the experience if he was a more prominent role? Yeah, like, I really do. I really do. I feel like this is really 100% Amy Adams's movie, and the the genius in the way he's actually structured structured the story with the time loop thing. Is fantastic because you um, you start the film and you know I can't remember exactly how the, does the film the film starts by showing her daughter in like being sick and stuff and then dying right that's how the yeah, film so that's starts the confusing part because yeah, so that so, they, so yeah that that's how yeah. the film starts and then it cuts to her like teaching at a university and stuff and she's like really like solemn and quiet and kind of sad and you attribute it's a, it's that the complete opposite because it, she goes from that and then she becomes more um what do you call it, joyful at the end exactly and, exactly yeah. yeah but you attribute that solemnness to her daughter dying but that hasn't actually happened yet that happens exactly. later on so it's like this huge trick on the mind that he plays and it creates such an emotional story and the entire language thing i, I love all that that the, oh, i love that that, that was yeah, one of the, the strengths um of this movie you know um like trying to find a way uh, like the whole first contact thing like a lot of 
alien invasion movies have done that. It's it's a big trope now in sci-fi yeah. movies. Yeah, and, and this had a very fresh they, take. It was very creative the the way they did it, they did it, and um, the designs on on the um, the glass wall thingy, and yeah, um, I like how they. <laughs> I know it's a bit funny to say this, but I like how they humanized um, the aliens. Like, yeah, they seemed very. Um, uh, what do you call? They felt like they, characters. They, yeah, they felt like actual characters, and then yeah, um, spoilers. Uh, uh, but um, when one of the aliens um, passes away. You actually yeah. feel for them, like you do. Um, you feel like, yeah. oh, you're kidding. Costello died. By the way, I love the Abbott and Costello reference. I don't know if if you know of Abbott and Costello, but Abbott and Costello were a famous comedy duo in uh, like the fifties, the forties and fifties. Um, oh, really, I'm, really I'm not, famous I'm not comedy duo. With that. Yeah, so that's why they named the aliens Abbott and Costello. It was like a joke. Oh, okay. Right. Where yeah. was the other one? Was the other one's name Costello? Yeah, yeah. So one of them was Abbott and one of them was Costello. Yeah. I, I, I love so, the, the line, um, Abbott is um, death process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Exactly. The way they create yeah. their sentences. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very, very childlike and very um, innocent. Well, that's another interesting part to it is that it's not just that their words are different or whatever. They they really did the 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 concept of a language of a different language an alien language really well in the fact in the in the sense that it's not just going to have different words exactly yeah exactly like languages here on earth where languages have different structures they have different ways of saying things it's not you can't just uh, swap words out for other words um, and I found that really, really interesting and accurate and, and another showcase of how Villeneuve is so precise with everything he does. What did you think of um, her naming her daughter after um, the palindrome thingy? Like, you know how the the language... It, uh, what was the term again? Pal- was it palindrome? I can't remember. It, it's like uh, um, you, you start from one point and then you end up, end up at the same point. Um, right. So, uh, like, like oh, wait, l- let me search up what the term was. Palin- I'm tr- is it pal- palindromic? Is it palindromic? I think so, palindrome. I think that's what it's... Yeah, it's palindrome, yeah. So, um, so the the language that they use is palindromic. And um, if you see the, the um, what do you call it? the signs that they put up on the wall, it, it all looks very similar, and it comes back to the original um, starting point. Yep. And um, when she has um, a, her daughter, she actually names her daughter after a palindromic name. Um, yeah, Hannah. it's Hannah. So H, Hannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah. So With a H at the end. That, that was very <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. See, see, this is why I'm. T- this is why when I say if Nolan had done this, he would have absolutely ruined it because this is what Nolan tries to do in Tenet. He he shoved it down our throats. He's like, oh, look, it's backwards and forwards the same. Blah blah blah. You know what? And I've he- actually grown to love Tenet. Oh please, Rashid. No, cause, One- cause, like it, it's not his best work, but it's, it's clearly not it's his, his best worst. Work. It's but, it's his clearly um, his worst. Um, there is a certain charm to it. Like there are some oh, sequences no. in that movie that are very impressive, um, if, and I love if, I love how he handled the whole time time travel thingy. You know the yeah, um, like Robert Pattinson starting from the end of the movie, and then um, John David Washington started from the start, and then how yep. they, their journey intersects, and then 
um, Pattinson goes to the start and then he goes to the end. Like it's very yeah. interesting. I, I love that. It was. It um, is. And, it, it is interesting. Yeah. I tell you what, though, if if we ever do a Nolan film ranking, uh, we, need, spoiler, we need to do one. <laughs> well, yeah, we <laughs> with, will with at Bay. some point. Yeah, we will. We will. But spoiler yeah. alert, everybody! I'm going to be putting Tenet dead last. I hate that film so much. <laughs> Come on, it's not that bad. I, I really hate it. It's so bad. Um, quickly on prisoners. Uh, I'll, I'll okay. just quickly talk about prisoners. Yeah, you, you I had go. prisoners yeah. at number four. Um, and then you can t- tell me why uh, you had it a little bit lower. Yeah, Prisoners is intense, isn't it? It is so intense. It. It, and, it, it is and a very good movie. It's amazing. And, man, the the acting performances are just phenomenal. Hugh Jackman is incredible. Jake Gyllenhaal. Th- this kind of was... Uh, was it like at the start of Jake Gyllenhaal's amazing run? It was like halfway through Jake Gyllenhaal's really amazing uh, run of great films like Nightcrawler half, and that through, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, they're just both incredible. And you've never really seen Hugh Jackman do something like this before at this point. He's done like Wolverine and stuff where he's kind of like this angry, moody guy. But this was really, really different. You fully believed that this was a father that was willing to do absolutely anything to get his daughter back and completely crossed the the moral line basically um but then at the same time you've got this great kind of detective movie going on this serial uh no not yes like this kind of serial killer type vibe to the film that's going on with jake gyllenhaal at the center of it um and a lot of great supporting cast along the way so it's just it's a fantastic thriller it's one of the best thrillers of the last 20 years for sure um it's really hard to watch, though, actually. Um, it's, it's, and we um, know Barai started it and couldn't continue, yeah. right? Oh, she didn't so, finish it? She couldn't continue. Do you know what she did? Do you know what she did? She was so stressed out by the film that she looked up the ending on Wikipedia. Oh, my God. This is why we must continue <laughs> the hashtag send, send Barai to jail. Hashtag send Barai yeah, to jail. Better, if, if get, you're listening to this... Um, yeah, yeah. We don't forgive you. <laughs> yeah, we do not forgive you. need to go back and watch the film because it is amazing. It is really, it's amazing. And and as always, film new films, visually stunning um, and just brilliantly paced. Everything, the technical side doesn't even need to be talked about really. Technically, it's fantastic. Um, and then the rest of it that he adds on in terms of the acting performances and the direction just bring the film to life Uh brilliantly so yeah great film that's why i had it at number four rashid you didn't see fit to put it in your top five so All right, i don't know so what that's d- about yeah <laughs> don't get me wrong. i love i love this movie and um yeah. a lot of it it reminds me of a david fincher movie um, yeah it does doesn't it like there are so many um scenes that really look like it's ripped off um zodiac or something similar to that yeah. or, or seven yeah um yeah but for me, the standout was Paul Dano. Oh, is that oh, his name? Right. Paul Dano. Yeah. Paul Dano. Yeah. Paul, Paul Dano. Dano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was my introduction to him. I've never seen him in anything else before. Um, right. Prisoners. So I was really yep. impressed with what he was able to do with that character, and um, like you know, playing such a creepy, sadistic um, person is not. It's not. It's not an easy thing to do. And, yeah. And um, he really sold it. Um, and 
Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual movie, I I, I don't know if I can point to any faults because it, it it was a good movie. It's just that the movies in my top five just hit. I, um, I think better for me. It, like yeah, yeah. I th- I think r- out of every ranking that we could have possibly done whether it's this Nolan <laughs> or Tarantino, I think this is definitely the hardest ranking we could have started with because Villeneuve, I don't... He actually hasn't made a bad film. And it's not only that so, he hasn't made... Yeah, it's not even that he hasn't made a bad film. It's that, that every single one of his films is at least well above average, if not great, if not masterpiece, right? So I agree, yeah. It's so hard to make a top five and leave a film or two out. And and the other film, the one that you haven't seen, I haven't seen Incendies. You had Incendies at number two. I'm definitely going to be watching that very soon. Oh, but you need to see um, ASAP. 100%. I, I've seen Enemy. Enemy oh, is one of the I weirdest that. films. Isn't that the, yeah. the, the one with the spider thingy? Yes, so this is what I'm getting to. This is the okay, point yeah. that I was going to get to earlier on. Enemy is one of the weirdest films I've ever seen. Um, I I didn't understand it almost at all, but I still loved it. And that's a really weird thing. I don't know if if you can kind of get your head around that, but like I, I didn't understand it at all almost, but it's just brilliant. You feel on edge the entire time. Um, and the spider things like, look, just watch it. I don't want to spoil anything for you. I don't think I could spoil it because I don't know what happens. <laughs> right. But if you go through, this is what I was going to mention before in terms of a reoccurring image that you see in almost all Villeneuve films, you see a lot of these spider looking creatures. So you see it in enemy, you see it in arrival, you see it in Dune. <laughs> Yeah, so it's all over the place. It's like, what is going on? And then further to that, there's always some kind of creature or something. There's always some kind of creature. So in in Dune as well, there's the big uh, the the sandworms and that kind of thing. And it's just it's just really weird. Like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it, he's doing it on purpose, but he's it's just something I noticed. To it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's these yeah. weird spider things in all these movies, which is strange. But um, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, I'm curious to know why um, Enemy didn't make your list. Look, I think I couldn't put it there over one of these other films that I fully understood and still loved. I couldn't put Enemy, which I loved, but I just I didn't understand it at all. Um, so that's probably the only reason why it's below something like Sicario. Sicario... Look, Sicario actually cops a lot. Sicario is a great film. It's just probably slightly less impressive for me than stuff like uh, Arrival, Dune, Blade Runner, and Prisoners. Um, yeah, that's fair that's, that's the only reason I've got it at number five. Um, but yeah, this is good, Rashid. This is a long podcast. We do <laughs> Wait, do, do we just hit one hour? <laughs> we're, we're about to hit an hour. Yeah, we're about to hit an hour. It's been a while. Um, but this, yeah, this is, is good. This one. is... Yeah. This is a difficult ranking. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, we will do some more rankings in the future. I would love to do a Nolan ranking and uh, stuff like that. But maybe we'll wait until Oppenheimer comes out, although that's like two years away. We, who knows? Yeah, isn't it like even. 2023? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. a while away. Yeah, um, it is a while away. Maybe we'll have to do Nolan 
sooner than that. Oh, you know what? I got one better. Before the Nolan one, let's do yep. top five Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. <laughs> Can we do uh, bottom five Marvel Cinematic Universe movies? Because I feel like that's a lot more relevant. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, you know what? This um, is... That's actually um, a valid point. Like we could do something like that. Let's see yeah. how it goes. <laughs> well, well, actually, this reminds me of something. Uh, next week, Spider-Man: No Way Home is coming out, and um, actually, three days from now. Th- three days from now? Is it coming out that's on Wednesday? That's correct. Um, I'm seeing it on. I'm seeing it on Thursday. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm seeing it on Sunday. I've already got oh, my okay. tickets booked. I'm seeing it on Sweet. Sunday, so maybe we'll record an episode on that Monday. Um, All right, I'm just going to let you know, that episode, it's going to be me just screaming, being a fanboy, um, no analysis. <laughs> it's just going to be me shouting and jumping up and down, all right? <laughs> well, according to you, right, according to you, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are 100% in it. Is that oh, They, is that they are in the movie, Hundred like... I'm so sure they're in the movie. I'm I'm willing to bet three thousand dollars with my own, <laughs> with my own siblings, and they're like, "Oh, you're, oh gonna, well. you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose that bet." I'm like, "No, I'm not. They're in the movie." <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Did, but, you know what yeah. the funny thing is? Everyone keeps telling me they're in the movie, and then I saw like an interview with Tom Tom Holland today, and yeah. he sounded okay. so sincere when he was like, "Yeah, no one believes me, <laughs> but they're not actually in the movie and stuff." Um, you know what? I, I would believe I him if if the soundtrack didn't leak last week. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. The, also, the so, other thing, right? You know, in the yep. trailer, you know, in the trailer, yep. when when uh, when Zendaya falls off the thing and he jumps down to catch her. Uh huh. Yeah. In the trailer, and it's like like directly mirroring that shot in oh, Amazing Spider-Man um, Two. Amazing with, Spider-Man um, Two. With Gwen. it's like yeah. perfect. It's so perfectly set up for Andrew Garfield to come in and catch her. Right. Exactly. It's so like, perf- it, like there's it's, no it's right way there. you right can't there. do it's that. Right in front of us. It has to happen. If that doesn't happen, happen, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I'm a big Marvel 10. hater. I'm a big Marvel hater most of the time. But you know what? You can be a bit nostalgic sometimes as well. Uh, <laughs> so that's we'll talk about that, and we might even have an extra person come along with us, uh, and it might not even be Barai. We'll see. Uh, we'll keep that as a surprise. Um, yeah, Barai uh, is kicked out. <laughs> Yeah, look, Barai can't come and talk about Marvel films. We 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 have to have a little bit of balance. Sorry, Barai. If if Barai is still listening after an hour of podcast, I'll be very impressed uh, for, about that. She's, she's definitely she's definitely going to skip to the end. I feel like that's what she's going to do. <laughs> Maybe she will. We'll see. Um, okay, Rashid, this has been fantastic. Right, yeah. uh, thank you, thank you very much, uh, everybody, no and we'll see you all next time probably for a spider-man podcast we'll see uh, thank you very much rashid and uh thanks for having me we'll yeah no worries uh goodbye everybody bye <laughs> <laughs>